Health Unwrapped is the conversation you need to hear to enhance your well-being from the experts at BioGlan. We'll be talking about trending health topics and ways you can make a difference to your health with leading experts discussing the latest developments in dietary supplements and, of course, natural foods. You basically get burnout when your plate is already full, but you keep on adding to it. So if you keep going, keep going, there's lots of stresses that build up over a long period of time. That's when it can really make your adrenal glands become fatigued. I'm your host, Natalie Silverman, host of the Fertility Podcast, and I'll be taking you on your wellness journey. So welcome to another episode of Health Unwrapped, and I'm really looking forward to introducing my next guest, Rosie Millen, who's a nutritional therapist and author of Burnout a Bitch. Welcome, Rosie. Thank you. Hello. And I was so interested seeing that word burnout personally, because recently I've been really going Mm. up and down with my tiredness and thinking, actually, do I need to pay a bit more attention to it? And I think that's part of what you're trying to make people realise is that you need to listen to your body, don't you? Absolutely. And I think in all that I do, for as long as I've been doing it, I really believe that every other person has experienced burnout in some way, shape or form in their life. And obviously, I don't know if you know this, but the World Health Organisation actually legitimised burnout as a proper condition in May of last year. So it's kind of like a buzzword word at the moment but it's so it's a good thing but it's a bad thing because it means that everybody's feeling it but it's actually been stamped and labeled now which is good okay um but, but obviously you know the good news is that you can actually recover if you're feeling really burnt out and if you're really really bad well let's talk about your recovery <laughs> because it was pretty epic what happened yeah. six years ago it Do was you quite hardcore yeah so six years ago on march the 6th 2014 i was basically just walking in the park with a friend on a beautiful sunny day and i just felt really really dizzy and before I knew it, my knees went from underneath me and I collapsed to the ground. And I freaked out because nothing like that had ever happened to me before. So I basically climbed into a taxi, went home, climbed into bed and stayed there for three years straight. Now, <laughs> I've seen this on your social media, yeah. talking about being in bed for three mm. years. Did you just go crazy? I went completely nuts. Yeah. I mean, it, I, did, I, I, I went through a series of emotions. I went crazy. I was extremely alone. I was very frustrated. It was a very dark place. I mean, there were three moments where I just a little bit, I did consider taking my life because I just didn't want to be, um, I didn't want to wake up with such little energy again. And it was just getting, um, I just, it was just very, very unenjoyable. So yeah, it was literally six days out of seven, I was bed bound and I would force myself out every now and then just to regain a bit of sanity so yeah it was it was it was really bad so let's go back to what monday to friday looked like because this episode is all about how we can energize ourselves monday to friday and i know you'd said that you were kind of surviving on green tea and chocolate through that (laughs) time and and i i can tell from the pictures that exercise was a pretty prominent part so just talk me through your week six years ago so I was working like a freight train. I was running my, I was running two companies at the time. So I was running Miss Nutritionist, which I run now. I just launched my first line of food products. So I was running that. I would basically say yes to everything, uh, not eat properly, not sleep properly, overwork, you know, meeting, meeting, meetings, basically micromanage everything. Uh, oh my God, you name it, I did it. And I, I, and it was all unintentional, you know, and then one thing was a straw that broke the camel's back and that was it. I was in bed. I always had a lot of emotional stress that built up over a long period of time. Um, I broke up with somebody and that was very uh, emotionally draining. So you were forced to reassess what was going yes. on, like physically, because yeah. you say you it's quite dramatic, you mm-hmm. dropped in, in a park. When it comes to how we're understanding 
the severity of what adrenal failure is mm -hmm. in essence what it was um are we aware of how it can affect us because how old were you when it happened i was 30 when it happened so you're young yeah, healthy you'd, yeah you think you were healthy yeah. i think that's a good point and i think that a lot of people don't know why they're tired all the time they feel tired and they're dragging themselves through the day and they're going through the signs and symptoms but i think you're right i think a lot of people don't understand quite often how the adrenal glands work and how they become fatigued so your adrenal glands, I'm, I'm sure you know, but they're basically your stress glands. They're the size of, you know, like a walnut and they sit on top of your kidneys. And they're basically responsible for the stress response. And there's a gland in our brain called the hypothalamus, which is detecting stress every three to six seconds. So it tells the adrenal glands to release two hormones into the bloodstream, which is cortisol and adrenaline. And we've all been there. We've all experienced that stressful situation where we either run away from the saber-toothed tiger or we put up with it. Um, but I think, you know, some people, they feel tired, they feel wired. There's different stages of stress. You, you have like a normally he healthy stress response, which is good. It's a good thing. Um, but if you continue to have more stress, you have one stress that doesn't go away, you can feel a bit wired, a bit tired, you can get a bit irritable. And then if you keep going, keep going, and there's lots of stress, you basically get burnout when your plate is already full, but you keep on adding to it. So if you keep going, keep going, there's lots of stresses that build up over a long period of time. That's when it can really make your adrenal glands become fatigued. And what else can happen you talked about collapsing what other physical things will happen to you for you to yeah so realize yeah so you're basically dragging yourself through the day you're a zombie you find small tasks challenging so you can't even brush your teeth you can't even i mean i can even lift my head off the pillow when i was at my worst you lose your drive your motivation sometimes you get low blood pressure you can feel very dizzy some people have dark circles under the eyes quite gray skin um fatigue after exercise there's a whole host of all these sorts of signs and symptoms that you should really be looking out for so you had to be in bed. Yeah, it was, had no it choice. was literal rest. <laughs> yeah. What can people do in terms of diet and just general well-being yeah. to to move out of this yeah. phase? So I think first things first is to make sure that you're eating enough food. I certainly realized that I wasn't eating enough calories and I see a lot of people in my clinic now that are just overexercising, overdoing it and undereating because they they forget that food in is energy in. So making sure you're eating adequate calories around the clock. I really think that blood sugar balancing is really key here because what happens is if you skip a meal, if you do fasting, your blood glucose can drop and actually tells the adrenal glands to release cortisol into the bloodstream, which is what we want to avoid. So making sure you're eating regularly, so every three to four hours is really key. Um, upping your protein levels, making sure you're having protein at every meal and snack, making sure you're avoiding all the foods that zap your energy. So that's things like coffee. I, I know a lot of people that drink a lot of coffee out there, but you know, if you are adrenally fatigued or if you've got burnout, then drinking coffee is like whipping a bit of a dead horse. It gives you that temporary fix and then you're going to feel fatigued afterwards. So maybe swapping your coffee for something that's caffeine free um, and just making sure you're eating slow release carbohydrates rather than refined carbohydrates. And how good are we at asking those around us for help, for example, our employer? Yes. You know, we're spending most of the nine to five Monday to Friday at work. Yes. And part of that burnout, I'm sure, is work related. Absolutely. I think we're rubbish at asking for help generally. <laughs> I think we live in a world that's, you know, there's a lot of pressure to basically be the best versions of ourselves. But, you know, m my belief is, yeah, that's absolutely fine. But you want to be the best version of yourself without collapsing, without burning out. Um, and I think it's really important to ask for help and give yourself permission to look after yourself. Give yourself permission to, you know, do self-care, do some green time, go out and do things that are basically going to heal the adrenal glands and not just be like, go, 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 go all the time. So three years in your bed, or when did you start to feel that you were getting better? I think it was four years ago, which was about three and a half plus years in bed because I really started to identify what my stresses were and I really removed them. And only when I removed them, my energy really started to come back. Can you give me some examples? So I had um, a 
kind of toxic relationship, but which was very emotionally draining. And an emotional stress has a thousand times more of an impact on the adrenal glands than a physical stress. Um, and as soon as that kind of was eliminated and removed, I really noticed a difference in my energy. I also um, did, ran lots of tests on myself and I started taking targeted supplements, so targeted nutrients. Um, I mean, I was taking 40 pills a day at one point, And I know that sounds like a lot, but I really noticed a change in my energy because... Yeah, you're going to ask me what I, t what I was taking. Just, just some examples of <laughs> so the things. So things like magnesium. I mean, 50% of the population are actually deficient in magnesium. I was taking B vitamins, um, amino acids, CoQ10, um, L-carnitine. I was taking lots of adrenal support. So um, things like uh, glandulars and Siberian ginseng, ashwagandha, rhodiola. All, all those and sorts during of this is a bit of a personal question, so you don't have to answer. Yeah. But during that time, was your menstrual cycle normal, or was that yeah, affected good question. as well? It actually was normal. Yes, it was. It was normal. Really good question. But but I think that's because it's always been normal. Right. And my, personally, I've never had issues with my menstrual cycle. But good good question. Is that something that the clients that you see it yes. can affect? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And uh, yeah, dysmenorrhea. Absolutely, I see it a lot. And stress is one of the biggest things because it completely affects you know, all the other hormones, when one hormone's gone out of whack, all the other ones sort of follow suit, don't they? So, we were, sorry, we were talking about when you started to feel better. There yeah, was that so, period of taking lots of supplements. And I really had to pull on the reins and just say no to things and really um, be strict about what I would do each day and basically get good at um, prioritising everything. Um, so I would have this thing where I'd be like, what are the top three things I need to do today? Do or die, and that was it. Because anything more than three things would be overambitious. So I really had to slow down pull on the raids, do yoga, do meditation, take my nutrients every day, sleep loads, not exercise because exercise would make me feel more tired and eat around the clock. And uh, that was really my, the mainstay of my recovery for a very long time. So mindfulness. Yeah, absolutely. As well as yeah. what you were physically kind of taking totally, and supplementing yeah. with your nutrition. Yeah. Now, for a long time, people have talked about this feeling in your gut. Yeah. And I want to just talk a little bit more about gut wrenching mm -hmm. or the kind of gut instinct, those types of things that we talk about and that link between your gut and your yes. your mind when, we, yes. when we're trying to work on being better and feeling better. Yeah. So it's called the gut brain axis. That's what doctors call it because your gut is connected to your brain. And actually, a lot of hormones are manufactured in the gut. So serotonin, for example, a large amount of serotonin, which is the happy hormone, that's actually manufactured by the gut cells. And it basically gets transported to the brain to make us feel happy. And there's another neurotransmitter called GABA, which stands for gamma aminobutyric acid. And that's basically a neuro neurotransmitter that's made in the gut and it gets transported to the brain to make us, you know, feel calm and not feel fear and anxiety. So absolutely. And that's why it's called your second gut. And I think... You know, there's a lot of studies to show that if you've got healthy gut, then you've got a healthy brain and a, basically a overall health. Um, and, you know, 70% of your digestive tract is your immune system. And so if you've got a healthy gut and good gut bacteria, you're more likely to have a healthy, strong immune system, which is what we need right now. <laughs> so <laughs> taking, you know, supplements or probiotics, making sure they're having a, you know, a good diet to support the immune system and the digestive tract is a really good idea. What other things in our day-to-day -day lives are people unaware of and how much of an impact they, they can have on them in terms of the stress response yeah. yeah so doing too much i find people are they they're burning out because their plates are already full but they keep on adding to it doing too much so we might be talking work so work -wise, life, everything life. so you know your to-do list your deadlines work socializing also like the online pressures like social media i call these the unexpected reasons you're tired all the time so social media fomo imposter syndrome you know and that whole comparison element you know, we've got all these pressures offline, but we've got loads of pressures online as well. 
Um, so putting your phone in airplane mode is really key. Doing social media detoxes, I find really, really effective. And just, you know, doing things more offline and having fun more offline uh, rather than just being at home and isolating yourself and just scrolling on Instagram all the time. Because in some of your posts that I was looking at and I was saying yes to quite a yeah. few of them, there was a reference to having fun and like you just said, but mm. also having fun with your friends. Mm. And when we are all so obsessed of being connected online, as we just said, we're not having enough time with yeah. those people. And it, it, we're, we're almost losing that sense of community, aren't Absolutely. we, with all of this? And I remember when I was sick, I, you know, being bed bound for so many years, I lost a lot of friends and it was a very lonely place and I realised that I wasn't having any fun and I always tell my clients who are burnt out what what do you love what what really brings you joy and how can we do more of that how can we move the needle so you're having more fun because you know laughing actually lowers levels of cortisol in the bloodstream so that's what that's what we want. Now we're talking about different indicators and there's research that shows that a gut with a healthy microbiome is a strong indicator of a person's health and well-being. We've talked a bit about that connection. I just want to talk a bit more in the kind of general terms of how significant it can be. I mean, you've turned your life around. This yeah. is now what you're writing books about Absolutely. and doing talks up and down yeah. the country in workplaces yeah. and in all sorts of different environments. Just talk more about that significance. I mean, you are what you eat, right? And so one of my beliefs is energy is everything. So I did absolutely everything I had to do. So I did have to change my diet. I did take lots of nutrients to basically rectify my levels. I meditated. I said no to lots of things. I managed my stress. I slept around the clock and made sure that my sleep hygiene was really good. Um, and I made sure that I, I had a lot of fun and, you know, was doing all these things that were good for me. So basically, being healthy and recovering from burnout doesn't just come from one thing. It's a multitude of factors. And so that's the, that's basically the power of it. And I'm a, walk, I'm, I'm a walking example of it. And time-wise, you're talking about three years, which for some people, they might be like, I haven't got three years to give to <laughs> the recovery. So what, what can you put I, a time I, frame I, on? Yeah, that? it's a really good question. They say that it takes two to three years to, to develop burnout and just get to that point where you're really, really ill and bad. And it takes about two to three years to get out of it. But I think across the board, personally, I think that's quite a severe um, state that I was in. It was a very long time. And I've met people that have been burnt out for that long and even longer. But in my experience, I think that people have it for about three months, sort of two, three months, sometimes six months that would be like a more common timeline that they fall into and then they, they, they basically have some time off and they do all these things that I talked about and then they feel better again. So, yeah, three three years is a little bit extreme, but I would say timeline-wise it's normally about two to three months for the, for the most, most part. And have you seen whether it's more prominent in men or women? Definitely women. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I would say about 95% in my experience what I've seen, yeah. Is that because they're less reluctant to stop? I think it's because women have got a lot more going on in their mind and they've got more emotional stress and more worry and um, men put things in boxes and they just they close the door on them and their thoughts and they don't worry about them whereas women have a tendency to just sort of uh, worry about things more. That's, that's, that's who we are as, as nature, isn't it? So you said at the start how the World Health Organization have kind of classified burnout as, as an act... Condition. What, as a so condition. Yes, yeah, so it's now been legitimised as a proper condition so that doctors can actually... If, if they see you in your clinic and they think you've got burnout, they can now diagnose you with it. So if someone's listening and they're wondering if they yeah. are showing signs, mm -hmm. what's the kind of most... I mean, I know we've, we've mentioned them a few times, but I just yeah. want to make it kind of yeah. really clear... So basically, you have, you're tired all the time, you're dragging yourself through the day, you have no drive, no motivation, you find small tasks challenging, you've lost your drive, your motivation, and you have unexplained dizzy spells during the day. I would look out for those top 
top ones. And that's the point. You should go to the doctor or you should stop and look at your food? Or... Always, always first thing, go to the doctor. Absolutely. Because you want to run blood tests. You want to make sure that your fatigue isn't down to lack of iron, for example. You want to make sure that your vitamin D level is up. Because if you have low vitamin D, you can feel really, really tired. Um, same for your thyroid gland. Your thyroid governs your metabolism. If you've got underactive thyroid, you can feel tired. So you've definitely got to go and have a chat with your doctor first, get the bloods done. And if that all comes back clear, then yeah, maybe start looking to the adrenal glands, change the diet, look at your sleep and do a mini case history and identify, do a timeline on yourself and be like, have I actually been in a very stressful period recently? The answer is probably yes. And what do you need to say no to? What do you need to pull on? Where are your stresses? Where are they coming from? And how can you like reduce them or reduce your exposure to them? It's funny when you actually stop and write down what you've been yes. doing and you realise yeah. how much. And that's yeah. something that we don't do. Yeah. With all that you're doing now in light of what your story was and is and what it's now leading you to mm. is there a fear of getting too busy and it coming again that's a good question i always get asked that the answer is no i feel completely burnout proof because <laughs> i'm not rosy the rosy got sick anymore i'm kind of rosy 2.0 if you like and i've learned everything to never get to that state again and so i've i protect myself every day and i do all these things that is like maintenance now so i always make sure i'm eating around the clock i still take some supplements i sleep well i say no to a lot of things and i'm much more i manage it a, a lot better so yeah I, I feel like i'm i'm burnout proof good question i just wanted to ask you when before you said about sleep hygiene yes because i don't think we know enough about that it's so critical if you're not sleeping and you're burnt out. Basically, you're not. You're going to recover a lot slowly. So sleep is absolutely paramount for the recovery of the adrenal glands because that's when you're sleeping. That's when your adrenal glands are manufacturing cortisol and adrenaline. Um, and the, I, I don't know if you've read the book Why We Sleep by um, Matthew Walker. No, oh, tell it's me. brilliant. If you want some more information, because we're meant to sleep in a cold room, aren't we? That's right. So your body is meant to be two degrees lower to initiate sleep. Um, and the hours of sleep you get between ten o'clock and midnight, they're the most boosting. Um, so if you're asleep within that window, you're much more likely to wake up and feel more sort of alive and a spring in your step. Um, and a lot of people really struggle to fall asleep. So I always recommend things like the reishi mushroom, CBD or some melatonin or magnesium just to help them calm down. And if, especially if they've got a lot of mind chatter and it's going round and round and round. Um, yes, yeah, so there's there's it's really important for you to be sleeping at the same time each night and waking up at the same time each morning. It's, it's that's the sleep hygiene. You've got to get a really healthy sleep routine. Those hours before midnight, like yeah. you say, that's the, I think that's I know, the hardest killer. thing. Well, what are we always doing in, the, in that window? We're just scrolling, yeah. aren't we? No <laughs> phones, Instagram. And what yeah. about the whole kind of um, mood lights for waking up and that type of thing? Is that something that yes. can help? Yeah, they're brilliant. I, it, again, if you're already that kind of person that doesn't have a healthy sleep wake routine then yes those light um machines can be very very effective so you've got a whole list of things yes. now hopefully to take on board if someone's just going to take one thing away from our conversation what's your closing thought oh wow i would identify what your stresses are you know what is zapping your energy and try to eliminate it or reduce your exposure to it thank yeah. you rosie thank you Make sure you subscribe via your favourite podcast app to stay up to date on Biogun's commitment to your wellness. And to find out more about our products, follow us on Instagram at Biogland Supplements, on Facebook at Biogland UK, or visit biogland.co.uk.